Welcome again to a very special edition of the Hoop Form NBA podcast. As always, Ben Slykerman and Adam Elder here ready to roll. It's the NBA Finals, baby. We're two games in. But Adam, before we get into all of that, very, very, very important question to ask you. Is Ball Arena the worst fucking name of a stadium? And it might just be one of the worst stadiums, period, too. Like, it's just the most boring, bland, like, home location in the NBA. But then you have all these outside shots like they did. Like, uh, Mike Breen was praising it. He, of course, Mike Breen was like, oh, makes you want to move here, you know, that scenery. And I was just like, oh, Mike Breen, he's trying to save this whole broadcast <laughs> one play at a time. <laughs> but yes, Ball Arena. Uncomfortable How, name. Like, uncomfortable name because, you know, it's also the name of the glass jars that our parents used to, like, you know, have jams in that they would oh, yeah. keep in the preserves and stuff they would keep in the basement yep. on that one shelf, you know, downstairs where you're pretty sure La Lorna could like show up at any moment behind that stand. Like that's <laughs> how the basement always looks. But Ball Arena, just like, it does have a bad like taste in your mouth, you know, like. Now, never- not to discredit the basketball because their basketball has been incredible. Exactly. But- just, just a funny little thought there that I had. That's all. Um, as far as the basketball goes, Adam, uh, let's go ahead and just dive right in. We're two games in now. It's 1-1. I think a lot of people saw this being an easy first two wins for Denver. And quite frankly, although they did pretty much control game one, I wouldn't say it was exactly easy for them. Right. So now <laughs> with Miami actually grabbing the second game and splitting home court on Denver. Um, the momentum has completely shifted and it's it's out of control, dude. I love it. Uh, it makes it so much more interesting. I don't know than- if I ascribe to that just yet that the momentum's completely shifted because I have this strong feeling that Denver is going to travel well in this series. I think they're going to enjoy playing, you know, Denver in the... Or that Denver's going to enjoy playing in Miami, especially this time of year. It's the summertime. Jokic, you know, like, it seems like he really enjoys playing for Denver, but it seems like anytime they have like an extended period of time, he just goes back to Serbia. You know, like I feel like everybody's energy is going to be different once this is shifted outside of the mountains. You know, I don't know. I just have a feeling that for Miami to play them as tough as they did game one and then to come out here and actually win game two, I think effectively i mean effectively they have control to a certain degree because now they're coming home they're going to be comfortable they're going to be in their zone that crowd is going to be going absolutely fucking insane because no one ever saw them being here um so that first game at home for miami that energy is going to be nuts yep um if they can keep riding this team basketball and those those threes fall and quite frankly, if the Nuggets just leave the threes there wide open for them to take, uh, we're going to have Miami up 2-1 and it's going to get fucking ugly here in terms exactly. of narrative. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's going to get wild, dude. And I'm going to love it. Well, I mean, at that point, you know, Jimmy Butler is winning the NBA playoffs over actually everybody this time. And the fact of the As matter about... like a point guard play, only because he can do nothing else. Well, I don't know. I think he's playing perfectly small forward-ish right now because, I don't know, Jimmy just is not like, you can tell he's not 100%. I think the ankle thing is probably deepened a little bit. 
and like to where it's just an actual injury now instead of something he's just rehabbing on the side. Oh no, it's definitely. He literally called it a bum ankle. It just, it sucks that he's right here. But like, he still is making the classic Jimmy athletic plays where it looks like nothing bothers him. That one, it was in the first quarter, he had a like a right or a left block drive and he just bounced perfectly off of two feet floater right in like Jokic's face. And it just went, dropped right in. I'm like, Jimmy Butler is just at a different level. Nine assists in game two. Only 21 points, but nine assists, man. It's hard to describe the basketball that's being played in this series right now because you also have Bam Adebayo making these like hard left turn, mid-range fadeaways. Playing like, like Anthony Davis out there. Right, right. Like, yeah, like Bubble AD out there. The spirit of Bubble AD. Hitting the floaters like Bubble AD too. Right, yeah. There's like the six-foot little leaner jump shot he has that's just money. And he uses the bank for it too. Like, I don't know. Like, this Heat team, they're just such an anomaly. You think about what they really are, and they are just like five shooters, two forwards, and Jimmy Butler. Yep. It's so nuts that they are doing what they are doing. Like, and every time I... I still feel a little bit of fear about putting out that I thought Gabe Vincent was like a top four point guard in the NBA playoffs. But now I'm just like, you watch him and when he takes good open shots, he is a fantastic shooter. Like, I mean, he's better than Lowry at this point, I would say. I mean, he's overtaking most of Lowry's minutes and is playing the better half of 35, 36 minutes while Lowry's down to like 23. They're keeping Kevin Love back on a leash though. 22 minutes for him, like, but he was so, so important. He had 10 rebounds in this game. And like the fact that Miami can get that from anybody without like Struess having to sacrifice his body. I'm like, they're just not getting banged up in that way. Kevin Love can take the hits. God forbid. I mean, we know he's not basically (laughs) immobile these days, but he's got the body to take. That was going to be, so I had uh, two ideas for how to open today, and that was going to be the other question that I had. Uh, So I'll just ask it now uh, as kind of a, it's kind of a tongue in cheek, but also kind of a legit question. Had Kevin started in game one as well, we'd be looking at Miami up 2-0 in this series. I don't know. I'm not going to go that far because there was a hesitancy to Denver last night, even though and I was thinking about this earlier, they played probably their best stretch of basketball in that second quarter where they just maintained the big run. Like, I was like, that might have been their best stretch in the Jokic period without Jokic on the floor. Like, Mm -hmm. everybody looked absolutely comfortable. Michael Porter Jr., I just, I don't know if like, his mentality is okay. It's like, okay, one game, I'm going to be super helpful on the playmaking ends and like, Make and be aggressive as hell guys. and put nasty putback dunks and second chance points. Right. And get like 18 points off of all of that energy. Yeah. And then some days you're just like, oh, all he wants to do is take these little ballerina threes fading away in the corner. Yeah. Or like pull up for three. He lo- You can tell he has all the confidence in the world when he pulls up for that KD three. Mm-hmm. And that was such a huge thing in the Sun series too. And I just had I was getting flashbacks to that of him last night. I was just like, oh my God, he's in reckless mode. And of course, there's that one like screen clip of him from last night where he's literally taking a jump shot as three Heat players are jumping onto him 
Jokic, Murray, and Gordon are all standing under the basket uncovered. Well, it's like, not oh only the God. it's not only like the uh, the bad decisions on offense. It, it comes on the other end of the floor too, and a bad game for him is where he's fucking asleep on defense. And right. I mean, how many times have you seen Duncan Robinson in this already in this series just take the back door or or Gabe Vincent take the back door? Because yeah. no one's there to stop it, and it's right. like Michael Porter Jr. Like you, you are six foot ten. I know, and he like he's been a legit rim protector at times in this playoffs. Like Wake they've the relied fuck on up. him for it. Yeah, and that's uh, so a bad game for him entails a horrible defense as well. And it's one thing if you're at least hustling on defense and making a difference on the defensive end. Yeah, you're going to get a little bit more leeway offensively, even if you're having a bad night. Right. But it's not that you're playing great on defense either. At least not, not last night. I mean, that was just embarrassing at multiple different levels. Let's read the How line, many possessions man. did you watch where you're like, ugh? Yeah, I know. <laughs> That's what makes this like you talk about Ball Arena being just one of the most like least aesthetic and like NBA energy kind of arenas in the league. And then you see like some of these performances from the Nuggets last night and like the way that the Heat just grind away at weaknesses like that. It's just yep. like it's it's like give them watching, an inch and they take a mile. It's like watching the Jaguar or whatever big cat chasing down like a wildebeest. Yes, like you a know, wounded just, animal. Right. They just take them down and like they're just Max Struess is never going to stop shooting threes. He is four of 20 from three in this series. But he's Insane. never going to stop taking any kind of bad three-point shot. What? But they're not bad, to his credit. He's just not making them. Dude, Gabe Vincent was 4-6 last night. Yeah, Gabe Vincent can just yeet. Like, that's the crazy part, is that he just... They're just like, if you can turn on a dime off of a screen and have an open look for 0.35 seconds, you can shoot the ball. Like, just shoot. And you were no, giving him, you were giving him hype there. He's the one. So Caleb Martin's capped for the next contract, bro. Gabe Vincent's straight up free agent. Like, yes, I know. He's man's gonna get, paid. gonna get bagged. Man's gonna get bagged. And I'm thinking he's it. getting paid eighteen, nineteen a year. Yeah, from this kind of performance, it. right? Like, oh my god, it's just major. Especially if they win a ring. I mean, exactly. Oh yeah, if he gets a ring off of this, it's just like. Look, guys, I enjoyed my time here, but it's bag time. The Charlotte Hornets are going to pay me $80 million over four years <laughs> to come and play for them. Like, the Utah Jazz are going to pay me that. Like, I can live in the mountains out there. So, in game one, I mean, obviously, Denver uh, takes that game 104 and a 93. There is different points throughout that game because I even rewatched highlights where, like, Miami started to have a spark. Um, look like they had opportunities um, to push harder uh, and just kind of gassed out. Uh, Denver pretty much just dominated. The crowd was uh, wild. Uh, Jamal Murray was out of control that game. Yes. Uh, let me see the stat line here for Jamal. 26, 26 6 and 10. Um, he was just beasting. Um, Michael Porter Jr. was, uh, like we talked about, very aggressive on both ends of the floor. Uh, Nikola Jokic put up 27, and 10 13. and 14. Yeah. I mean, 14 assists from Nick Jokic. <laughs> I mean, compared to game two, four. I think there was this, the stat was probably preloaded and thrown out as soon as ESPN 
knew it was Jokic's finals debut, but only him and Michael Jordan. And Michael Jordan in the 1991 yes. finals debuted with a triple-double. And now yes. we got Jokic putting up that same thing. That is just, it's... He is that, I mean, he is that level of player. He is that level of player, especially around the rim. I think undoubtedly right now, Nikola Jokic is the best player in the league around the rim. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no questioning his offensive dominance down low. Like, he's just straight up better than every single big in the league. And yes, I'm talking about Joel Embiid too. Embiid's got a feathery touch, but Jokic just seems to understand like the arcs and angles of things in a way that we never imagined, you know, like, and we're watching right now, but it almost just makes too much sense because he's just taking smart putbacks and like little baby hooks and floaters that he can off like dominate with his weight in the paint. Like, it's all just like kind of duh plays. You're good, dude. Um, <clears throat> so I'm leaning more now than ever that this series is going to go seven, seven games. I'm, I'm still thinking maybe six games and Nuggets favor because, and, and I think they just really need to get back to this. I mean, to me, they cracked the code in game one in the sense that, you know, Bam had that 26, but it was an ugly 26 that he really had to grind out. They yep. shut pretty much everything else off. Uh, and it was like, yeah, Bam Adebayo really stepped up this game, but look what happened. I mean, the Nuggets won 104 to 93, and they handled that, that game. So they've already cracked the code. I'm not sure that Miami has necessarily cracked the code on Denver, so to speak, because just because Jokic had an off night with only four assists doesn't mean he's not going to respond with a game with a fucking 16 uh, right. I just, I have faith in that um, a little bit more than I have faith in Jimmy Butler on a bum ankle right now. So to me, I think it's still looking like Denver and six because of that reason. I think if they can force Bam out of bio into that same situation again, um, where, yeah, he puts up 25 to 30 points, but they still lose. Kind of like in the game with the Lakers where that first game, AD dropped, what, 41? Is it game yeah. one or game two? Um, <laughs> well, I'm pretty sure it was game one because remember he had higher point per game totals in this playoffs in the odd number of games and the even number of games. He was at like 12 or 13. Yeah. Yeah. It's the weirdest thing ever. But that I think that's 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 the that's the code right there. I think they can do it. I think it's yeah. still going to be Denver and six, but it's going to be. I think it's going to be much more interesting than a lot of people were giving it credit. Yeah, because there's a certain air out there that was like, "Oh yeah, Denver is going to crush. They're going to win four to zero. We're all going to forget about this NBA Finals in three years." Like. Jokic is finally just going to get his ring while Embiid got the MVP and like it just puts a complete cap on all of that discussion. Or at least we would like to think so, you know, like because if Embiid comes back with a good playoffs, you know he's instantly going to be put next to Jokic as like shoulder to shoulder. Like if they break through and make the finals, finally Philadelphia does, but that's so unlikely. But I'm just looking at this series and I don't know. Seven feels right, but because I would honestly love to see a game seven of this because the urgency level is at ball arena. Very, maybe you're right. Game Game seven at ball arena. Game six in Miami was when 
uh, Ray Allen hit the three. So maybe that's the real energy that's going to be brought back in game six in Miami. Ooh, so we that's your Jimmy. Deciding. We get a Jimmy corner three. If we just get a Jimmy, like actually like a 21 foot fadeaway to put them up like 113 to 112. Like he had gone to the, the Michael line. Jordan jumper. Yeah, it was like 113 to 109 before and Jimmy like went to the line and won. Put it to 111. Defensive shutdown, Jimmy just fades away at the end of the buzzer at 21 feet. 113 to 112 for the NBA championship. Be ignorant, bro. <laughs> Jimmy would just like... I, I don't even know. Like, I mean, his contract's got three more years. I don't even know what he would be. I feel like he just would turn into the world's greatest troll at that point. I don't think he would care anymore. I don't think, I think he would care about being a troll. Yeah. Like he would just turn into the biggest troll in the NBA. And he wouldn't ever win another ring, but fuck around on that D Wade, like retirement energy kind of like seasons where he's hitting like crazy one legged fade away for three for the win. He would be the God of Miami. If he wins a ring this year. Um, I think that Dwayne Wade is, he's just going to have to be like... Yes, obviously Dwayne Wade is the, the legend, but I'm saying just like currently, he would just be a god. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Contemporary god, Jimmy Butler. Yeah. Oh my god. Everything James that. Harden ever wanted to be, right? Everything that Kevin Durant wanted to be, everything that Damian Lillard wanted to be. I'm going to go as far as that, saying everything Kevin Durant wanted to be. I think that's a bold statement. KD, I don't know. Maybe you're right because maybe it's K. Maybe KD's real like destiny was to just be on super teams all the time because he's low key started out on one. Russ and Harden and him, Jeff Green mm-hmm. as their core. Like that's absolutely ignorant. But Ibaka, Perk, yeah, Ibaka and Perk and uh, oh my god, yeah, all that Andre Roberson for a moment. Like it was just nuts. And his cancer and his freedom. Um, For Miami to win this series, what? I mean, obviously the shots have to keep falling. I think that Jimmy is instantly placed into that Dirk category. Like there's the literal goats, the magics, the, you know, like Jordans, LeBron's, Steph, Kobe, like the goats, you know what I mean? Like for Jimmy to elevate and carry at this level. Yeah. Like he is Dirk. At its finest, and which is what I said earlier in the when we were first talking about like a preview to this series was how ironic is it that Jimmy Butler is having this not even Dwayne Wade like season, just all Jimmy Butler type season where he's it's just work. It's not even like the old Pistons that people might try to compare this team to. Like they are just a new breed of the NBA where they are the great wings and points that can just shoot threes. And then it's Jimmy Butler doing everything else and bam. But like, it would just have such a different flavor to it because Dirk is kind of there in that sense where Dirk was an oversized forward that just became a literal Greek god of isolation basketball and a jump shot for a season where it seemed like he was just in a prime that none had ever seen before. And no one was going to touch. <laughs> the guy that had won the MVP award five seasons prior to that. Yeah. So like you're talking about a peak and Jimmy Butler was kind of robbed of that. I'm not going to, maybe not robbed, but like he did enter the NBA late at like 22. 
He played for the Bulls when he was like a core rotational player, but he like had that touch still where he was still great around the rim and was just a dog doing everything else. He gets traded or like him and Dwayne Wade actually go to the playoffs together in Chicago. And like him, it was like a big three of him, Rondo and Wade. And they made the playoffs. You get traded to Tim, the Timberwolves, which goes badly. You get traded to the 76ers, which goes badly. And now you land in Miami where nobody really knows what's about to happen. But then the bubble happens. It's just the sad Both about James Harden, <clears throat> both James Harden and Kawhi Leonard are looking back on their choices of who they wanted to play with that season. And they're like, oh, oh hell fuck. yeah. Did we not get Harden's Jimmy. looking back like, fuck, I played with Russ for that. It's been reported that both Kawhi and James Harden considered and talked to Butler. So I want to believe it. But I'm like, also looking at the Clippers with a rostered Russell Westbrook on them. And I'm just like, oh. like, you know, did Kawhi and did Kawhi really sign off on that? Because we know Paul George did, but did Kawhi? And now you always knew those rumors too, because I remember you had told me before the Paul George trade even happened was that there was a connection between Kawhi and Jimmy Butler. And this was pre-Miami, even for Jimmy. So like the waves that have happened since that season, like if those two just would have went together in Miami, Miami's rehab team is just, I would say... They're probably not one of the better ones, but they're definitely on top of their shit with the way that they're able to keep their players healthy and they have the grade that they are in the playoffs. Like, you get Kawhi Leonard under that kind of regime. You be- win barely enough games to sneak in and then Jimmy Butler and Kawhi Leonard. Yes. <laughs> I mean, that's and what the Heat are doing Giannis right now. Is, Giannis is what at that point. Like, he would not have made the Giannis run. We'd have never seen that. Like, it would have been all Jimmy and Kawhi, honestly, since then. Because Jimmy and Kawhi together could have definitely... I don't. Well, it would have been an interesting matchup between them and the Lakers that year. Because Jimmy and Kawhi against that Lakers core would have been... That would have been tough. Enough for the hypotheticals, though. Let's yes, focus back on the actual true. basketball that we've been watching. As far as controversy here in this game, too, how do you feel about the no-call on the goaltending from Bam? I mean, it's just stuff like that that hurts because there's literal points on the board there for Denver. And this was a three-point game to decide it. And it was and, a goaltend. <laughs> and it was a, clearly a goaltend. But like, I don't know. There's also the fact that Jimmy Butler was out of bounds when he yes. assisted a Gabe Vincent three-point shot that's just been swept onto the room yep, and under the rug. And like... How many times in this playoffs had they done the worst thing possible in a playoff game where they reviewed a play over the commercial break and then the, the announcer will just quickly say like, and they reviewed the play over the uh, commercial break and they found out that the last uh, shot was a three, not a two. So there's one extra point on the board for Miami. Yeah. We're like, okay, why is that even a thing now? But then you have all the legitimate review ability in the world during live action play where there's a, actually two refs on the baseline mm-hmm. watching Jimmy Butler step out of bounds and nobody saw it and there was a three-point basket made off of that. Like, mm-hmm. I just don't understand the criteria when you... what I think Boston was actually the one... Boston was like 
a team that kept getting situations like that where things were like, oh, it's not a three, it's a two. Like, or we're going to downgrade the score. Or mm-hmm. it is, it's not a two, it's a three. Like, we're going to upgrade the score. And like, there was just little tweaks made like that that changed the score of the game without any kind of clock movement, any kind of chance for Miami to do anything. And I'd say as know. controversial as this year has been just overall, I mean, regular season all the way through the playoffs, as far as refing goes, you've had various moments in this season where players have outwardly uh, spoken towards these guys very, very negatively. I mean, Fred Van Fleet's rant yes. is legendary. Legendary. Ben uh, Taylor rant. was fucking terrible tonight. <laughs> he just <laughs> killed a man out there on the mic, um, cut a great promo, legendary. But I, th- I just think that like it's going to prompt the NBA to respond here. They're usually pretty responsive about these things. Like I think they almost have to. Um, and this, you know, you had the LeBron call during this late year where Pat Bev's pulling out a goddamn camera. Um, yes, I know. That was just, that was like, the most Hollywood game of the entire year. Oh my God. I mean, it all was set up when Braun had the big reaction to the no call foul, but there's also the fact that it was pointed out with replay abilities that LeBron actually traveled yep. on that on that layup attempt. So it would have been nothing anyways. But Tatum definitely fouled him. And then to top it all off, you have Braun literally doing the iconic crouch like <laughs> on the he baseline. Cried. He oh, cried. It was so hilarious. One of the best LeBron moments ever. And then you had the tweet from the refs afterwards saying that they lose yeah, sleep sleepless at night. nights. Like, <laughs> oh my God, why would you even, why would Talk you even put that out there for people? Like, you know what's going to happen now. Really? Insane, bro. I just, I think the NBA will respond. I think there'll be some adjustments made. Um, Your sleepless nights in some fucking ultra rich suburb of Texas where you live, like, shut up. For the Heat to grab the dub here, though. <laughs> Stay focused. For the Heat to grab the dub here in this series, Adam. I mean, obviously, Jimmy Butler, he's going to have to muster up something because five trips to the line is not going to win the series each game. I just um, don't know what the reps are doing on that end either because Jimmy Butler had the only two free throw attempts of the last game, and then now he only goes five times. Like, I don't understand why. Like, okay, I mean, he's they, not driving that much, bro. He's That's not. He's the ankle though. He's kicking out before he gets deep into the paint. Maybe he's and just. Really- by God, it's working. Nine assists and they win. But I'm just. I. I don't think that's going to sustain. He's going to have to get to the line more. So the elephant in the room to me is that there's no consistent reporting around what um, Tyler Hero is going to be doing here because if that becomes available then I think we're going to see Jimmy be even a little bit more shadowed on offense too, where he's downgrading it to 15-ish points. Tyler Hero is going to try to put in 23 off of, you know, like the creative three-point shot making that he has that they just don't have right now. But if they can get that back, you can see Jimmy, you know, he knows that his teammates, not role players, that his teammates are going to step up in Miami. Like, they are so ready to be back in Miami, especially Max Struess. I think we're about to see Max Struess like kind of flip these percentages. And I wouldn't be surprised if Vincent kind of falls back to earth, though. He's played out of his mind. But mm-hmm. I just think that we're going to see... It. 
Cody Zeller is just unplayable at this point. He is so bad. Like I mm-hmm. wanted to believe in him as just a nothing but a screen setter and big body that they can try to survive on defense with. But like he had one awful turnover where the ball just legit fumbled out of his hands. Like he got the ball passed to him and he was just supposed to make a quick pass back, but he fumbled it once and like just got stripped immediately. And it was just such an awful setup because Miami fights for every single one of their offensive possessions. Like every single one. On the note of Tyler, on the note of Tyler Harrow coming back here, for me, it's like, I can't believe the people that are actually like trying to act like he shouldn't come back. Brian Windhorst specifically is like on this trip about how they're just better without him and he doesn't need to come back. And that's just a risk. I'm like, first off, the only way you win championships is taking risk. What else do you have to fucking lose with just right. trying to put him out there? Like you are in the finals right now, trying to win a championship. You have no idea when you'll be back. If at all, you have to have to go for this. You have to give absolutely everything you got. And if that means bringing out Tyler Harrow coming off this injury and seeing what happens then you fucking do it. What's the worst that can happen? He doesn't look good and you bench him. You think Spo is afraid to do that? Right. Exactly. Just because this guy is healthy to adjust. Yeah. Yeah. Like he he hasn't been playing the whole fucking uh, playoffs with this guy. So if he's bad, he's bad. He won't be out there, but you have to try. And I would lean more to the fact that he's probably going to be decent and make an impact. I would lean on him being very well off when he comes back because the three-point shot making I had brought up, like he has such a nice way to the rim too and might be somebody that can break through to get to the line more and more consistently for them. You know, have those 11 free throw attempts kind of games. Like somebody that's get him to bite to just, on the pumps. Right, exactly. And he's so quick. Like that's just something that Miami isn't really a plotting team, but like, Jimmy's not exactly extremely fast. Bam is faster than most centers, but I wouldn't say he's quick. And then, I mean, Struess, Vincent, and uh, Kevin Love certainly aren't sprinting like sprinters either. So, like, and here's the thing too with Tyler Harrow out there. I don't think Denver's going to keep be keep being laxed on these closeouts like that all series. So you bring Tyler out Harrow out there, another threat from behind the arc that's just going to open up the floor even more right? for Jimmy Butler to maybe get to the line a few more times a game. Like I just, I don't see the Avenue where bringing Harrow out and trying it hurts you. And for Brian Windhorst, someone at his level to be like on that. I mean, you've heard it. (laughs) It's like weird. I'm like, what are you talking about, dude? Because that was the, like the energy that was around the statement I had read earlier was that Tyler Harrow, you know, doesn't want to mess up what the team has going right now. And he doesn't want to put that at risk. I'm like, the Heat need Tyler Hero. You're trying I'm to like, win a fucking a championship. Crucial part of their team. Like, it sucks that he went out in game one of the playoffs and they've been on this insane mindless run. But like, you don't think they're going to welcome back what was ideally their second best player in the regular season, like yeah. the entire time. Like, yeah. And a guy yeah, you expect to be your like, season, second best player in the playoffs. Uh, I don't know. I feel like in the playoffs, you might rely on Bam to be that second guy because of the defensive potential that Bam has. Like, I think that okay, Bam is more option that spot. Worst. 
Exactly. So third option is perfect for Tyler Hero in a playoff offense. And you really don't think that Max Struess and Gabe Vincent are ready to not have the mental load of being the guys that are going to have like 16 combined three-point attempts. Or the second coming of Duncan Robinson. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Like just right... and Duncan put Duncan in there too. Like there, that three's total three point attempts can go down from like 23 ish to like maybe 15. And you let Tyler hero have the rest, like yep. just him like that on their own, like make could make them open up a little bit more too, because I mean, they're just all of Miami's role players have just been excellent. Like there's been no way around it. They have absolutely all like bought into this system and they're just, they're making so many threes. <laughs> I can't believe what I'm watching sometimes. The amount of three-point shots that they just have all the mindset for. And the fact that I'm watching Caleb Martin be an efficient three-point shooter too just blows my mind. Look, this series is going to be really fun. I'm very excited actually that we're getting it. Um, it's not the one that the NBA probably wanted for marketing reasons. Oh but. yeah, for sure. That's why we've had all these other sprinklings of drama around this series. Like, you know, the contemporary talk of today is LBJ to Dallas. And I'm not talking about Lyndon <laughs> B. Johnson. Not Lyndon so, B. Johnson this time. Let's go ahead and do fucking transfer into it right there from there. Um, because I, I really wanted to talk about this and I was just about to do a little transition myself and it was going to be something to the degree of like, no matter what, like it wouldn't be an NBA finals without LeBron. If LeBron wasn't still trying to find a way to like dominate the headlines. Yeah. (laughs) If he's not in the finals, he's finding a way to dominate the headlines still. Ron is literally the Drake song in my feelings. Yeah. He is literally that. And he's probably actually listening to that. So <laughs> um, Kyrie out here trying to recruit LeBron to Dallas. That straight is from the just, mouth of Shams. That's just the most Kyrie thing ever, too. It was like, no, no, no. No LA. Come to Dallas. I got traded here. We have a major flaw in this team, and that's we have no forwards. <laughs> None. So Let's bring in the greatest here, forward of all time. Right. For one last season where he's obviously just I don't I don't know. Is there indications that LeBron is done being a Laker? Because he's fulfilled four years for the Lakers. And that was the Miami run, too. Mm-hmm. So do we get a one-off here in Dallas? And saying he's got a lot to think about. And the Lakers, you know what? Like they can transition off the LeBron area. They have one year left of AD, so that's a dangling expiring contract they can throw out for a deadline move. And they, they want to keep. They keep. Money. Rui they would Reeves. make a bag off of trading AD too. Yep, because you know, I mean, AD's. I'm not going to say late prime. I think he's still in his prime right now, but not firmly. And you know, a team that can build a Boston Celtics. Yeah, they would love to trade for Anthony Davis. Bring they back would love Jaylen to trade Brown. Jalen Brown and Grant Williams. Yeah. You know, like, if there's a way for that to happen, like, let it happen because, you know, Jalen's going to lean into Kobe at that point. Like, he's more, he wants to be more Kobe than Jason, than, uh, Jason Tatum does. And then Tatum and AD together on offense is just absolutely fucking ridiculous. And the corpse of Al Horford plays center. <laughs> well, and the opportunities on the, the, 
offensive end of the floor that would come from Davis oh, and that yes. defensive system would just be devastating having Tatum as being <laughs> that. But yeah, so this this whole shit show right now, I maybe that's your three teamer that gets it done. I would say it's more it's more likely that he goes to Dallas than it is that he retires. I'll say that. Yes, I definitely think so. I think there's one more King year in him and then it's Bronny year. And you also wonder too, is this Kyrie literally just throwing smoke? Because would LeBron would LeBron even respond to this if it was just Kyrie throwing smoke? Would LeBron respond and put put it? I mean, will he respond? Or would he just not even engage if it was just Kyrie throwing smoke? I doubt LeBron's going to engage because the fact and the reality is that LeBron is in LA for family right now. And where did Bronny just commit to? USC. USC. And you know he's only playing there for one year. Dallas ain't far, though. Dallas is not far, but (laughs) yes. You could literally still live in LA. I mean, the one thing... Yeah, exactly. You can still live in LA, Bron. Like, I mean, ultimately, I think Bron's going to anyways. No matter yeah. if he even played in Charlotte, like he would still live in fucking LA. He would look around at Charlotte, North Carolina, and be like, no, shows up at Charlotte LA. after Michael Jordan leaves. These motherfuckers have white pianos in their house. Like, I am not doing this. <laughs> <laughs> Dallas, Texas, though, we haven't even brought up the trio. We haven't said it on name. By name yet because just Luca, LeBron, and Kyrie. I'm buying that jersey immediately. Oh my god! I'm buying all three. I'm buying all three if that happens. I'll spend three hundred and ten dollars at the NBA store just set myself back for that jersey, and I'll frame them and put them in my, uh, you know, upstairs. And we even looked at a trade machine on this. Like, what the fuck? It's got to be impossible. That's why I think that. Okay, where was that? It was Fanspo. I went to the other day. NBA trade machine on Fanspo because it seems oh, like you can bullshit about anything in this. <laughs> it's not real like the uh, um, NBA trade machine on ESPN. There's just no way that Dallas has any way to get it done. Like they can contractually. Yeah. Like there is enough money here. But... Dude, that is not the deal that the Lakers would take back for a LeBron James trade unless they're doing him an absolute favor. So it would have to be three teams. It would just have to be, dude. There's no other option. Because Tim Hardaway Jr., Davis Bertans, Reggie Bullock, and Kleba's not getting it. It's just not getting it done, buddy. It's never getting Jesus. it done. It okay. will never I'm, get it done. I'm trying to cook here. Let's see what we can cook. Okay, here we go. Bro, whatever you're coming Success. up with, if it just Success. involves if it, it just involves those Success. two teams, it's not happening. It's not the two teams. Are you ready okay. for this? It's success rate here. Whatever. The dude. Lakers retain. Christian Wood, Jalen Brown, and Grant Williams. The Celtics get Anthony Davis and Reggie Bullock, and the Mavericks get LeBron James. And then the Mavericks still have to find a way to get Clint Capella. No, I'm not bought in on that. Yep. that's I've been saying it for two years, and now I'm hearing it on podcasts. So I know oh. I was... I know I, I, I saw the future on that. 
Um, <laughs> this and, would be the wildest trade in the history of the NBA. But for real, though, in a situation where they pull off a LeBron James trade, uh, what else do they need? I mean, you're going to be scraping the bottom of the barrel. I mean, yeah, you need every minimum wing that you can pick up. You can pick up Troy Brown. Troy Brown's probably not going to get signed, re-signed by the Lakers. Like um, Malik Beasley, once the Lakers decline his option, throw him a little something. Like, right. just try to bring those guys over directly. Like, just uh, give these guys mild spacing and mild defense. Yep, exactly. Mild wing defense, if anything. I felt like if. Dallas even had mild wing defense around Kyrie and Luca. They probably would have made the playoffs. Like, like they were center that rotation, good bro. I'd be looking at fucking Clint Capella and Andre Drummond, honestly, for rim protection. Uh, <laughs> for uh, rim protection, bro. Uh, I just don't like Andre Drummond, though. We've been talking yeah, about Harrison Drummond Barnes. in Dallas for years, though. Harrison Barnes back on in Dallas on a little contract. I mean, he used to play for Dallas, so that is a connection there. There would be a money left there. Yeah, true. Yeah, they'd be drained, be bro. They'd be See drained. who else here. You pick up Josh Richardson. That's a cheap forward that definitely fits right in. You don't have to rely on him too much. Uh, Terrence uh, Ross. Ross, eh, I don't think he can play defense enough. Craig. Jay Crowder is an unrestricted free agent. Dario Saric is an unrestricted free agent. I would definitely do that if I was Dallas. I'd pick in a LeBron up. James situation. Oh my yes. God, the LeBron James Dallas jersey. It'd be out of control. And you know what else would happen too is that Denver also has a pending free agent by the name of Jeff Green. Jeff Green's going to run it at 37 in Dallas beside LeBron James. Let's go, dude. Run we get fucking Uncle small Jeff. ball five next to LeBron. <laughs> Looks to LeBron, Luca, and Kyrie. God damn. What do you <sighs> The fan so, thing. Okay, let's... Now, we've lived our dream on the fan spell. Let's try to see if we can do it for... Now, ESPN's not going to let us because Jalen Brown's on an expiring contract. I'm pretty sure. But that would just be absolutely out of this world. See, is it, what sucks is that we, we talk with so much more aplomb about that situation that we did about this whole Miami Nuggets series. What a fucking wild, wild time in the NBA, man. We're coming down to the end of LeBron's career. And it's just Nikola Jokic is the best basketball player alive. Jimmy Butler is having a late career prime. Like, yes. What the fuck? I don't know. I don't know <laughs> what either. The fuck? I really don't know either. Uh, it's awesome, man. It, it gives us so much great content. I mean, I love it. Let's go ahead and wrap it there, though. As always, stay engaged with us on all social media at the Dip Network. Love to hear your takes. Love to hear your response to our takes. Stay engaged. Stay with us. We're riding this bitch all the way through the playoff or all the way <laughs> through the finals into the offseason and always have some great offseason content for you as well because before you know it, we're going to be diving into the fucking legit free agency. So, wild. We're excited. Absolutely Can't wait. Wild. <laughs> we can literally have like a month or less, less than a month. So, yeah. And Adam, you know what fucking time it is. You're up 6-5, boy. It's Hoop Form Ultimate Trivia. Ultimate trivia. I'm back. I'm better than ever. I'm trying to regain, regain my, my throne here. Throne. 
giving you an opportunity here to win two points. So it's going to be kind of a two-part question. And we'll see how you do here. So one second. The only way you can get two points is if you get the first part of the question right. Because that's what's going to open the door for it. Um, All right. All right. So Adam, here we go. I'm going to give you three stats here from the playoff leaderboard. One of these stats has a player leading it who is no longer in the playoffs. Uh Uh-oh. And I'm going to name off these three stat categories. And I want you to guess which one has the leader that is no longer in the playoffs. Make sense? Guess the leader that is no longer in the playoffs. Yeah, which, which stat category it is. Right. You're not guessing who the leader is. You only get to guess who the leader is if you get the category right. That's the second part. Um, so here we go. Three categories. Free throw percentage, turnover percentage, or steal percentage? Free throw percentage. Got it. We got one point. Adam Elder, who <laughs> is the leader of free, free throw percentage that is no longer in the playoffs. I'm giving you nothing else. Stephen Curry. False. Desmond Bain. Nice Not try, damn. though. Nice try. Desmond Bain leading still wow. at 93. Mason Plumley a close second at 92. What? Yeah. <laughs> 92.9. Swear to God, dude. Tied with Jamal Murray right now. Isn't that wild? God damn. Yeah, that Jamal Murray is tied with Mason Plumley. <laughs> My Mason God. Plumley. God. Uh, good, good round there, though, Adam. You take a commanding lead here. 7 5. Love the energy. You're coming in clutch here on the stretch run of trivia. So bravo, sir. Um, let's hit one more take and let's get out of here. My one more take is I think that Jimmy Butler is going to have an iconic Jimmy Butler game in game four in Miami. We're getting 30, 30 plus like 42 ish. I think we're just, he's going to say, I want the ring this year. I want the ring this year, this year ESPN might actually get to say that Jimmy Butler just wanted it more. (laughs) Like it might actually be true for once. Like that finally paid off. Like Jimmy just is doing nothing but pure distilled coffee right now and film. That's it. Jimmy is in basketball right now and he's playing cards. Never could be a better combination. I'd love to see a Jimmy game. Love to see a Hemi game. They need a Hemi game. So yep. they got to come into Miami with a Hemi game and make a splash here. Go up 2-1. Take the, take the series lead. Would love it. We'll see. Because I said My it would be in game four. So that has implications. That could mean closeout could be there. My one more take is we see a Bulls explosion in the offseason. Oh, interesting. I think it's all going kaput. The sad, sad Lonzo news that's been just put out there silently. Yep. Is that he just might be done. 
Yep. He just might they be pretty much believe this guy is never playing basketball again. It's just what we all feared. Part of me is just like, could he just take a three-year rehab period though until he's back completely to 100% and then come back when he's like 29? It and, might be, uh, you're never going to be 100% again though. Yeah, you, true. Might just be shit now. Yeah, exactly. It might just be shitty now. Fucking really Louie keeps raining, raining true in the NBA. How crazy is it that Big Baller brand might legitimately, might legitimately be to blame for that situation too? Yeah, I. it's tough to just say like, yeah, they're the only reason, but I absolutely think it contributed to how poor quality those shoes were. Exactly, because these are all lo- lower ankle and knee injuries that even LaMelo. Now, with the been. way that man handles himself publicly, their dad and all that stuff, it's not a big surprise to me that the Lakers would like forever want that to be the league too, that they thought it was his fault. Um, right. You yeah. know what I mean? Like they would obviously right. want to throw that shade because he's thrown so much shade their way. So, but I mean, those shoes were hit notoriously awful. So yeah, I think it absolutely contributed, but big baller brands. They were featured in NBA 2K, so that was an iconic year. I see DeMar gone, though. I see Zach Levine gone. Uh, Just fucking pull it, man. It's DeMar could be, at this point in his career, a nice fit for any team that wants to test it out. Look, I would love if Dallas got a hold of him. That would be very nice. I think he would accept, you know, like a small forward role there. But you're depending on a lot from him defensively. At that point, if he's going to be your big guy that you swoop up in the offseason and you need to fill out a couple more wings. Honestly, the other day I was thinking, do you call back Brooklyn and say, what is it honestly going to take for us to get both um, yep. Royce and, and uh, no, I don't think they're going to give up DFS, but I'm just like, what's it going to take for us to even just get Royce and like Utah? I would love Utah in a Dallas uniform, dude. Me the too. corner three opportunities he'd be getting from Luca would be well, I'm pretty, rent. I'm pretty sure that he is actually an unrestricted free agent this year, too. Swoop that man. Give him fucking and five to six, you know whatever who else he is wants. Too, actually, Cam Johnson. Cam Johnson in Dallas would be nice. as He's going to be a desired asset. People yeah. are going to be hunting for that. Yeah, he's going to get bagged because he's just the... I mean, that's what sucks for Phoenix is that they gave up this for Kevin Durant, but maybe that had hit its peak. If you could have kept Durant or got Durant and kept Johnson. I don't know. I think Brooklyn's going to slide the bag pretty hard. They're going to keep, they want to keep Bridges and him together. Yeah, I think they're having fun. Um, yeah, for And sure. they should. They need a layoff the star. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they need like an eight-month layoff from Katie and Kyrie explosions. Yeah. yeah. Bulls blowing it up, though. Wait for it. We'll be there before you know it. Thanks for tapping in, though. We're out of here. Peace.